Please open your Bibles tonight with me to the book of Hebrews. Turn with me to chapter 13. We'll begin reading a few verses ahead of the verse we read this morning to put some things in context for our message tonight. Hebrews chapter 13. And let's begin reading tonight in verse number 5. And I want to preach again tonight on the subject of let's talk about Jesus. Look with me in, in Hebrews 13. And look with me beginning in verse number 5. The word of the Lord says, Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Let's pray. Father, would you bless again the preaching and teaching of your holy word. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen the inward man uh, tonight, help some folks to grow. And Lord, this week, may they, more than in the past, may they look unto Jesus, may they lean upon the Lord Jesus Christ as they learn about him even more tonight. We thank you so much for sending him to be the propitiation for our sins. And tonight, I want to thank you for raising him from the dead that a sinner like me could be reconciled to a holy God like you. And I thank you that he ever liveth to make intercession for me. I pray for his help even tonight, and I trust his strength, and I trust you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, Hebrews 13, 8. You probably have heard someone say that all that man needs right there is Jesus. And you think about all the complications that might be in that man's life. And you see a young person. You say, what that young person needs is Jesus in their life. Doesn't that sound like an oversimplified Answer when you know all of the things that go with life sometimes get a little bit complicated. And yet when you study about who Jesus is and what Jesus can do, the answer is we need the Lord Jesus. And so I want you to look with me again back in Hebrews chapter number 9. Hebrews chapter number 9. And as I spoke this morning about some of the things that John said about the... the uh, the tenses about the uh, yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, that's really what we are. We're beings of yesterday, and we're beings of today, and we're looking forward to tomorrow. And John said that Jesus told him, and I believe what he said in the book of Revelation, he said, which is, talking about Jesus, which is, which was, and which is to come. And he said again in chapter 1 verse 8, he said, saith the Lord, he said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He said, saith the Lord, which is, which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Do you believe that? Hebrews 9 verse 27 gives us a problem but then gives us the solution. It says in verse 27, And as is appointed to men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many unto him that looked for him. Shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation? And that passage there in verse number 27 makes it very clear that you and I have an appointment and there will be an account 
accounting of our lives before God Almighty. And the scriptures make it very clear that we need somebody uh, to, uh, to help us in that accounting when it comes to that appointment with, with the Lord. So this morning I spoke about the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ, according to verse number 26, came to the earth, and again I use these three tenses. Verse 26 says, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared. And that's past tense. That's when Jesus took upon himself humanity, died on the cross, was raised again the third day, bore our sins in his own body on the tree. You and I heard that message at some point in our life. We knew that we were sinners. We heard that Jesus became our sin bearer. We bowed our knees by faith, believing the record that God had left of his son. And we called upon that Jesus, the Jesus of Nazareth, the one that God raised from the dead to declare him to be the son of God. We believe in our hearts that Jesus died for our sins. We believe with all of our hearts that if we would call upon him, he would keep his promise and save us from our sins. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm tickled to death. I mean, I rejoice. Even here I am, I'm 63. I got saved when I was about 18 or 19 years of age. And, and I am still thankful today that God forgave me of my sins. I am grateful for that. I am thankful for that. And so the scripture says in verse number 26 that my yesterday has been taken care of. And I rejoice that he has forgiven me of my transgressions through Jesus Christ. But you know, I need help in the present. I don't need just to look to the past, but I need help right now. I need help present tense. And so the scripture talks about Jesus being enough for you to take care of your yesterdays. But he says he's the same. Today, which means he's enough to take care of your todays. All right, now let's talk about that. What do you need today? What do you need from the Lord? And I don't mean on this date. I'm talking about what do you need in your present day life? What do you need from him? What do you need from the Lord? And so let's look at this passage here. I mean, I can think of several things that I need. I'm going to cover a few of those. You may not need these, but I do. And what I do know is he supplies them. And I can't get them at Walmart, and I can't get it on Amazon Prime. I'm just telling you it comes from one source. And the scripture says in Hebrews 9, if you'll notice in verse number 24, talking about the present, it said, For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, and where there is not a Jewish temple on the planet, that the Lord has gone into to take care of my need today, where he's at. He says, but he says, which are the figures of the true. Now, isn't that an interesting statement? That the Lord had the Jews to build something that is a shadow or similar to what is in heaven. That's very interesting, especially when you study the book of in the Old Testament, the book of Numbers and, and Deuteronomy and, and, and Leviticus, how the Lord gave him the details of that. But I don't want to deal with that tonight. 
it says, which are the figures of the true. But he said, but he went into the heaven itself. Now to appear. That's present tense, right? That's today. Now to appear in the presence of God for who? For us. Now who's that us? That us are those who have had their past taken care of by what he did the first time that he came. Who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you need to understand the significance of this. Because you know what? God has forgiven you of the penalty of sin and the wages of sin. But you are still going to struggle with the power and the presence of sin. Do you not? Do you not struggle with it? That old man, that old flesh. I don't think anybody in here has sprouted angels' wings. By the way, angels don't have wings anywhere. Let's just say seraphim wings or something like that. Amen? But you understand here, but he's talking about some things that we need. I'm going to tell you something, and I sincerely meditated on this and thought about this. I said, Lord, what is it each day that makes Jesus important to me and and that makes him even real to me? Now, I realize that the Holy Spirit lives in my body, but the Holy Spirit has come to live inside of me to glorify Christ and to teach me about Christ. And the significance of the cross and what Jesus is doing now for me. Now, according to that passage there, he's in heaven right now. You know, some folks don't know what Jesus is doing right now, but I do know what Jesus is doing right now. There are several times, as a matter of fact, four times in the book of Hebrews, it makes it very clear that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. And the scripture says he's there in heaven now to appear in the presence of God for us. I will say if you're watching or if you're here tonight and you're not saved, I will say that the Lord Jesus Christ is there for you if you're unsaved as your mediator. And as the propitiation, there's hope for you. But you must come through Jesus Christ. I think it's 1 Timothy chapter 2 he describes that where he talks about the Lord Jesus Christ, that there is one man, one man, one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. And so understand that. But let's talk about how he can help us today in our present day in which we live, now that we've been saved. My sins have been forgiven. Now what? God has forgiven me of my sins. Now what? I am justified in his sight. Am I not through the blood of Jesus Christ? Now what? Do you talk to God every morning when you get up? Okay. You know why that you are, should I say, do you know why you have access to God when you get up in the morning? The only reason that you have access to God is because the Lord Jesus Christ has made you accepted in the beloved and has made you acceptable to the Lord. And now you have access to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who do not believe in dispensations need to read their Bible with an open heart and mind. Because the Bible says that Jesus told his men, he said, Hitherto, up to this point, you've asked nothing in my name. But he said, from this point forward, 
He said, when you talk to the Father, you ask in my name. And he said, if you'll ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And so, Brother Scott, when I get up in the morning, regardless of my mood, regardless of my health, regardless of my circumstances, regardless of the pressures of life, I know that I can bow my knee beside my bed and I can look up into heaven, though I cannot see heaven. But I can call upon the God of heaven as my Father. And I can talk to Him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have access to His throne because of my high priest who is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Do you understand? You say, well, is that important? It is very important if you want a relationship with God and you want God to hear you and you want God to answer your prayers. It is important that you go through the Lord Jesus Christ because you need to understand that you've been made qualified to talk to God the Father because of what Jesus Christ has done, not because of what you have done or doing, but because of what Jesus has done. All right? And so I need access to God, and I thank Him for that. I want you to look over in chapter 4 with me, please. In chapter 4 and verse number 14. Chapter 4 and verse number 14. I thank Him for allowing me to have access to Him. Do you ever thank God? I sure appreciate you letting me come to you and talk to you. And Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord. And I thank you for sending Him to the earth to be the propitiation for my sins. And I thank you for raising from the dead that a sinner like me would have access to you because you have reconciled me unto yourself. And I come to you in His name. Lord, when I say in His name, I'm talking about His righteousness. I'm talking about Him. All right, so let's look in Hebrews chapter number 4 and verse number 14. You notice this about our high priest. I, I need... I don't know about you, but I just need grace one day at a time. I need grace to help in time of need. Now, some days I need more grace than other days. But the source is the same. All right, now watch. Verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the what? The heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. That's present tense. That's right now. Let us hold fast our profession. You know why? Because it is he, He's made a promise to you and He'll keep His promise. You hold fast to Him. All right? Verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. When you read that, Brother Mark, that's, that's, that's a sentence with a double negative. If you remember math, when you have a double negative, you're actually making a positive statement. And so what he's saying is you have a high priest who is touched. Jesus is touched by your infirmities. He is touched by that. I just really don't like to tell somebody about a burden I've got when they look at me with their countenance like, so what? Big deal. Get over it. I like for somebody to have some 
empathy or sympathy or act like you're not a robot. Do you even care? Amen? I don't like to go to a doctor and I'm just a number. I like for them to care. All right, so the scripture says, though, it says in verse 15 that we have a high priest who is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Do you ever... Do those infirmities feel stronger on some days than others? Your weaknesses, your frailties, your burdens. He says here that he was in all points tempted like as we are, but he passed all the tests. (laughs) He passed all of them. He said, yet without sin. Now here's what he wants me to do though. He said, let us, there's that us again, Let us therefore come boldly, and that's with confidence, unto the throne of grace. Why should we go to this throne of grace? That's called a throne of grace because of what he did in the past, took care of my yesterdays. This is a throne of grace. And he says that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I need grace and mercy. This is what I found in a practical way. I, I need God to help me to endure circumstances that seem to never change. And I can't change them. I think about 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And Paul went to the throne. And he knew about all this. And he went to the throne and he asked. He had, the Bible calls it a thorn in the flesh that was sent to him to buffet him from the adversary. And whatever it was, it, it created in him the, the necessity to go to God and say, Lord, please take this out of my life. It could have been an infirmity physically. It could have been a demon spirit that bothered him from time to time. I don't know. It could have been a person, circumstances. The Bible's not clear. But whatever it was, it was driving him to his knees. Whatever it was... It was driving him to the prayer closet. And he was calling upon God and said, Lord, please take this away from me. And Paul was used to getting his prayers answered. And he asked the Lord to take, and by the way, he asked him three times. Three times. And the Lord said, no, not going to. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. And so I need sometimes to understand that regardless of what the name it and claim it and blab it and grab it crowd says is that he has not promised me an absence of suffering. He has not promised me an absence of storms nor circumstances and situations that will be difficult for me to bear. But he has promised me that if I would come to him and talk to him, that he would give me the grace that I need to be able to bear those circumstances and those situations. Have you ever gotten a situation where you felt like it's at the end of your rope? And I mean really just really to just to give up? It is in those places that you are revealed, that it's being revealed to you how weak you really are and how much you really do need to call upon the Lord and ask God to give you some grace 
because he says it's to help in time of when? It's in time of need. Because I know that he doesn't want me to fail. I know, when I say fail, he doesn't want me to falter. He wants me to stay with it and get after it. He wants me to have peace. He wants me to have joy. He told his disciples, he said, now guys, he said, my peace I leave with you. He said, my peace I give unto you and not as the world giveth. And then he said also, my joy, I want my joy to remain with you. So I know that Jesus wants to give me peace daily. And I know that he wants me to have joy on a consistent basis. I know that. And so I've got to uh, learn that some of the things that are going on around me, it, it pushes me toward him and he is there to help me in my life. And you know, let me, let me, I just thought of something. Let me turn over there and read it to you about some things, how he felt sometimes. He said sometimes he was troubled on every side. I mean, no matter which way he turned, there was trouble. Golly, man, I think I can turn three, you know, three ways to find trouble, but not every direction do I find trouble. You know, physically, financially, spiritually, home. I mean, man, when everything's just kind of going haywire, you're in trouble. But he said, we are troubled on every side. He said, yet not distressed. <laughs> he said, we are perplexed. Now, when you're perplexed, it means you're not sure which way to go and what to do. He says, but I'm not in despair. I may not know what to do right now, but I'm not without hope because I know God in time is going to show me what to do. That's what he said. He said, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. And so he learned that by going to see the Lord Jesus Christ because you know what he told us later? He said, I can do all things. Through who? Now, that's not just a, something to put on a bumper sticker. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. But you're going to have to go to him by faith, just like you did when you went to him by faith to save you from your past. You go to him every day and you ask him to help you with what's going on. Did you know that Jesus likes to talk to you every day? And he likes for you to talk to him every day? You cannot treat him like he is a spare tire in the back of your car and when something goes wrong, that's when you open the trunk up and you get it out and you want to do business with him. That's offensive to him. Look over in chapter number 2 with me real quick if you would. Look in chapter number 2. Look at this of what Jesus said in verse number 16. He says, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. What does that mean to you? It means that he became a what? A man. You think he ever got tired? Thirsty? Hungry? Weary? Did he ever get angry? Yes, he did. He sure did. And the Bible says in verse number 17, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. He said, I came down here. I know this, do not get nervous when I say this to you because I can prove it to you in the book of Hebrews. He came down here to learn. What? Yes. He came down here to learn what it's like to be human. That he might become a faithful high priest touched by your infirmity. You'll never be able to accuse God of not knowing what it's like to live down here. 
You learned obedience, the Bible says. Verse 17, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful. Now, in your mind, what does mercy mean? Hmm? Somebody speak up and tell me. To mercy, what does mercy mean to you? You're not getting what you deserve. What does grace mean to you? That you're getting some things that you don't deserve. Right? All right. He said, he says that he might be like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath what? He suffered. Being tempted. You see, I feel dirty sometimes just being tempted. But I haven't sinned. Sometimes a temptation across your path, but you don't yield to it. But the Lord Jesus probably never felt what I feel in some areas, I'm sure, because he was, well, I, I don't want to confuse you on that. I'm just saying that he was undefiled. And the Bible says, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. And you need to understand that word. Sucker. It's only used a couple of times in the New Testament. One of them has to do with a woman who is a godly woman who has learned how to come to people's aid whenever she hears something, that they need something, but it, she is on the trail to get there to make sure that they have what they need. And that word is used of her and of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is saying that, hey, I came down here to experience some of the things you experienced so that I can be a faithful high priest. And the reason why I did that is because I want to help you when you are suffering and when you are failing and when you are weak and when you are being tempted. He said, I want to come to your aid. I want to help you day by day. Do you understand the significance of this? He says, I want to be your Savior, not just about your past, but also for your present. I want to be your Savior, deliver you from the very power of sin that is always plaguing us and after us. And I think about Jesus. Think about the things I need. I need access to God. I need grace. I need mercy. I need help in time of need. But I also I need some forgiveness. I like being clean. And I don't mean bathing every day, but I do. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Amen. Yeah, most days. No, really, every day. I grew up without running water, so we went a few days without, without it, okay? But nonetheless, the point being here is, I, 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 man, I just, I need, a, I need to be clean before God. I need peace. I need peace with God. Now, I made peace with God through Jesus Christ, but He also provides the peace of God to me through Jesus Christ. Now, according to 1 John 1, 9, if I fail, if I sin, if I yield, is my relationship with God completely over? Do I have to get saved over and over and over and over and over, man, what a miserable life that would be. 
and hoping that maybe the last time took before I died. You know what I mean? What a miserable life that is. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. But I'm going to say this about our advocate. The Bible says that I would that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. All right? That means, therefore, now what is my responsibility? He's there. What is my responsibility? Listen, I, I, I have joy. I have peace most of the time. But you know why? Because I confess a lot. Now, I'm serious. If I have a bad thought, bad motive, get aggravated, agitated, I don't wait till my flesh acts in a sinful act. Man, I try to keep my heart clean before it comes to that point. I say, God, I shouldn't have thought that. God, I, I, that's not right. Lord, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be like this. I need you to help me right here, right now. I want to have that peace. There are times when I've said something I shouldn't have said. Maybe I mentioned somebody's name in a conversation. Just, it just Maybe that conversation snuck up on me and somebody brought up something and I mentioned somebody's name. My heart afterward to say, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have brought that person's name up. I said, Lord, you're right. How can I make this right? Do you understand? And immediately I try to jump on that, fix that if I can. I'm telling you, I'm a sinner saved by grace and I confess my sins consistently before the Lord. I try to. And you may be looking at me and say, well, I know one you need to get right. I'm going to tell you after church. Well, you come and tell me after church. We'll, we'll work on it. All right? But I told you this morning, just because you charge something my credit card don't mean i got to pay it because, you understand? But I'm just saying that sometimes you need to understand that Jesus Christ loves me. God the Father sent Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God so loved me that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. How much more does he love me today now that I am his son? Do you understand? And so what I'm saying is, is that there is forgiveness because Jesus Christ, present tense, is there in the presence of God the Father, not only as our high priest, but also as our advocate. He says he is our advocate and the propitiation for our sins. You know why the Lord forgives us? He forgives us for his namesake. First John says, we are forgiven for his namesake. Have you ever asked God the Father to forgive you for Jesus' namesake? Ask him. You want that peace. I, look with me in chapter 13 again, okay? Let me hurry here. Chapter 13. Present tense. Present tense, the Lord Jesus. Present tense, today. He took care of my yesterday, my past, and he has helped me. Man, he's been good to me. He's been very patient, kind, long-suffering, and gentle with me. There have been times, though, that he has whipped my behind. And the Bible says that when he does that, it will be unpleasant. According to Hebrews chapter 12, and you won't forget it. And really, when he does that, he's just breaking me of pride. It's always usually a pride issue. Where the Lord's dealing with me, trying to, so that, because God resists the proud. And I say, Lord, I don't want you to resist me. I want to walk with you. And so he said, okay, I might get some of that pride out of you. 
And so he does. You'd be surprised how much pride is in us. You say, well, Brother Roger, I don't have a problem with that. Obviously. Yeah, obviously you don't have a problem with lying either, do you? <laughs> All right. You don't, have, you don't have any self-perception, obviously. Hebrews 13 and verse number 5. Look at this. I'm going to be honest with you. I need the Lord to provide for me. I need God to provide for my, my wife and I daily. No, I don't mean that we have to have money to make it day by day. We're not, we're not broke. But I know this. I just need God to protect what I have, and I need God to provide. That's what I need. Now, look what he says. Look in verse number 5. He says, and he says, let your conversation, that's your lifestyle, and your disposition be without covetousness. I mean, are you ever going to be satisfied with what you have? And I, I think it, um, what's that, uh, what's that gentleman that comes on the radio, the black preacher up in around Dallas area that's a good preacher? What's his name? Tony Evans. I, I wrote something down that he, I heard him say one time. It is right here. He says, if you are to truly enjoy what money can buy, you must possess what money cannot buy. That's an excellent statement. And I believe you have to possess the peace of God and some contentment that only God can provide. And the scripture says in verse 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content. You say, well, what are some signs? And that's a whole different message to itself. Your lifestyle, does it speak of covetousness and discontentment and dissatisfaction with what God provides? It will say that if you are head over heels in debt. I didn't say no debt. I didn't say a Dave Ramsey statement. But you are head over heels in debt and you refuse to live within your means. And you refuse to live within your income. You are a covetous person. You're wanting to appear to be something that you're not and you're wanting to have things that you cannot afford in order to think that is going to satisfy what only Jesus Christ can satisfy in your heart. And the Bible says in verse 5, and be content with such things as you have. He says, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now this is going to matter to us in these last days, more so than ever. The screws are going to tighten up on us. And the Bible says here in verse number 6, this is how God wants me to live. So that we may boldly, that means with confidence, that's not cockiness, that's not arrogance. We may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And that's why he said in verse 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Now, Brother Doug, you and Christy have been trying to sell your house. Have you prayed about it? 
Have you prayed about selling your house? I know you have. I know the answer to that question. But have you also put your will before the Lord and say, God, we want your will to be done above all things? And I tell you what, that's where Jesus will help you because when he came and became a man and learned obedience, he taught us to yield our will to the Father's will. He said, thy will be done and not mine. And so he understands the struggle of what you want sometimes compared to what the Father may want for you. But the old saying is still true. Father knows best. When we lived in a parsonage, we wanted a particular piece of property up, uh, is that 1010? That's up, Plum, up past Plum Grove Road between here and Cleveland. We'd already, we'd already claimed it. We just knew it was ours. Five acres and a house. We, had, we were waiting to get that place, and our kids already imagined what they were going to do. This was a long time ago. This was 20 years ago. Okay, and we was already, we'd saved some of our money. We was ready to get it. We had our money ready. Somebody had already had to put a contract on the house, and they couldn't get their money. And then the owner said, I got to wait 40 days. I said, okay. And so 25, 30, 35, 38 days go by. They still hadn't got their money. So, man, we're getting our stuff ready to roll. We're ready to go. We already... Got everything figured out exactly what we're going to do there. The 40th day, they get their money. Everything falls apart. And we're looking and saying, the kid, looking at the kids, looking at Cindy, and everything just, God just say no. I was disappointed. As a matter of fact, I almost got bitter about it. Yeah. Got, just about got bitter about it. Like throwing a little temper tantrum. You know, because I didn't get my way. Because I thought, I said, Lord, I thought this is what you wanted. And he said, well, I guess you thought wrong. (laughs) Do you know what that does to a man's pride? It puts you back in your place. I said, Lord, okay, we'll just yield ourselves to you. And man, the house we're living at now just came out right open, just right there, right after that. After I got my heart right. It just opened right up, and I'm so glad that uh, that's where it opened up. You know, God knew best. And there are going to be some things that you really want that you think you know best. And God says no, because He's looking out for you. The Lord loves you. And this power and strength and the promises, and and, and I need to hurry here, but do you understand, I need... I need to know that everything is working together for good, for the glory of God. You know that Jesus provides that for me, that whatever goes on, I know that providentially all things work together for good. And here's the good thing, Brother Mark, you need to get a hold of this. According to Romans chapter 8. Let's go there, okay? Let's turn there and look at that real quick. All right? Look in Romans chapter number 8 with me, if you would. Romans chapter number 8. Y'all have just about used up my time. Romans chapter number 8. Look with me please in verse number 28. This is a wonderful promise. The Bible says, And we know that all things work together for good to them, the saved people that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. So when you see an unsaved man and you say to him, 
Oh, man, it'll all work out. That's not a true statement. But for a child of God, it will. Though it hurts right there, it will work out. And the Bible says it will work out. According to verse number 28, he says that God will use those things to work together for your good. For your good. He didn't say for your fun. He said for your good. Amen. But boy, I love this right here. And I want to close with this thought right here about the Lord Jesus Christ helping me every day. Because you know, when I was reading those verses to Hebrews 13, I need to have some confidence each day that God is in control. When I get up in the morning, I don't know what's going to be on Fox News. I try not to watch much news anymore. It's so depressing and discouraging and it's the same stuff every day. But I need to get up in the morning with confidence that there's a God in heaven who is in control and whatever comes down the pike, that I am his child and that he will help me through that day. Now, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that he will, verse 28, but look at this about how good he is and how much he loves me. Look with, let's look at this. Would you just be, would you be really good tonight and read this along with me, not outwardly, but, but as I read this, I want you to look at this and I want you to embrace it by faith and believe it. Verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. That's past tense, right? That's our yesterday's. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. For who? The children of God. Now look at this right here. Boy, I love this. I need this security. I need this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It did not say your love for Him. It says His love for you. We love Him because He first loved us. My wife and I go way back on that argument right there about who loved who first. And I always win. I always win. When I saw her, that's it. I I, I loved her then. I love her today. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who loved you first, you or God? You think God saved you because you loved Him? (laughs) No. No, my friend. He loved you when you were unlovable. It said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? You're talking about hard times coming. But it won't separate you from the love of Christ. He won't protect you from those things, but he will be with you in those things. 
Verse 36, And as it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And he said, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come neither height nor depth nor any other creature, no demon, no human, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. One of the things that Paul prayed for to the church at Ephesus, he says, I'm going to pray for you that you would comprehend how wide, how deep, how high, the depth the width and the breadth of the love of Christ towards you is. That's hard for us to comprehend, isn't it? And yet the Bible says here that that Jesus Christ right now is your high priest and he knows what it's like to live down here. Tempted in every point like as you are, he understands. You say, no, he don't understand. He never got married. He never had children. It says, tempted in every point like as you are, and yet without sin. So whatever goes on, it just simply means it's a matter of the will, of the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those three avenues affect everything in our life. And Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, and yet without sin, but yet he is touched by your feelings of infirmities. So I want to encourage you tonight, if I can, and, and I hope that I have, I need you to look to Jesus more than you've been looking to Him. I need you to think about Him more than you've been thinking about Him. He's sitting up there thinking about you. He's sitting up there thinking about you. And I think He would love for you to talk to the Father through His name. And I think He would want you to cast your care upon Him because He cares for you. And he says, hey, listen, be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. In whose name? The name of Jesus Christ. And he says, if you'll do this, he says, I'll keep your heart and mind. I'll keep your heart and mind. He said, I'll give you peace. He said, the peace of God will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, you can go crazy in these crazy times or you can cast your care upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't make you do this. All this is by faith. Have you ever seen Jesus? You ever heard His voice? No. But you believe the record that God left of His Son of what He did in the past. How about you believe in what God says He's doing in the present? Right now, the Lord Jesus Christ is in heaven as your high priest as your mediator, as your propitiation, as your advocate, as your Lord and Savior. And He loves you. And you talk to Him. And you go to God the Father in His name. Our Father, I pray that You would help our young people, our men and women, our boys and girls, God, that they would look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith. Forgive me, Lord, for not exalting You enough tonight. I feel so inadequate to do so. My lips, my words, my vocabulary are insufficient. 
to praise you, to glorify you. My preaching is inadequate, Lord, when it comes to glorifying you. But I pray the Holy Ghost will take something that was said and done tonight and help someone to look unto Jesus daily, to trust you daily, and to believe that you are in heaven at the right hand of the Father, and you care, and you can help us. In Jesus' name, amen.